When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the Sir Ralph Ramsey Odyssey again... Um, I'm going to make a suggestion before we go any further. Um, mm. I'm not particularly feeling this odyssey. If right. it doesn't improve during this episode, I think we should knock oh, it on the edge. I feel under pressure now, mate. No, nah, don't, don't just, just, just do whatever, whatever comes naturally. And if make it better, no, nah, not necessarily. No, just it no. is what it is. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I feel it's one of those <laughs> ones where we don't have to do the whole thing. We just need mm. to get a bit of a glimpse into... We've, we've discussed yeah. Ramsey a lot, and there's so much other stuff we need to get onto. So I'm in agreement with you, mate. I think it, it slightly peels by comparison to his Roy of the Rovers cameo. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, we'll we should have seen that, that, really. But having said that... I've, I've learnt a lot about him. Yeah. He's an interesting character. <laughs> having said that, mind you, that I've just looked at the notes that we've got in front of us, and there's some pretty good stuff. All right, up. let's let's so, dive into it. By the way, for other deep dives, and we've got a huge list, as everyone knows, but someone emailed us yesterday pointing us in the direction of the cricketer Jack Russell, yeah. the England wicketkeeper. Right. Now, cricket fans out there will probably know, and it'll probably be quite sort of, yeah, obviously Jack Russell is insane. But I'm not a big cricket fan, so I had no idea about anything to do with Jack Russell. But one of our uh, listeners got in touch and said, if you're bored, look at the... um, There's a section on his Wikipedia page called something like Personality Traits. Right. So I was bored, and I did go to it. (laughs) And it's fucking amazing. And we should take a close look at that at some point. Might be worth one episode, put it that way. Okay, very good. I'll have a look at that myself a bit mm. later on. So where are we at? Um, it's, there's, there's, we're still in the introduction of the book, which basically covers all of Sir Alf's life, like an overview. So maybe this is as far as we'll get with it. Um, and it talks about, obviously it talks about his um, social awkwardness. Mm. And it says, Nowhere was Ramsey's awkwardness more apparent than in his notoriously difficult relationship um, with cultivating journalists. 
He says, uh, uh, I can live without them because I'm judged by the results the England team gets. I doubt very much whether they can live without me. <laughs> said of journalists. <laughs> it's his hiding behind a mask of inscrutability. He would usually provide only the blandest of answers at press conferences, or indeed, none at all. <laughs> I have no answer for that question. That's a ridiculous <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, well, um, why should he have to answer questions? Well, That's what yeah. I'd think if I was him. Yeah, there's this kind of fucking... Um, There's an entitlement. Attitude from the media. Entitlement, mm. that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. We are the media. You have to speak to us. You have to explain. It is your duty to explain to it, us. It basically, de- it depends. It, it, in some cases, I am sympathetic to that point of view. But that is when it's people who are making their living. It's usually people who are entertainers and they are dependent on media coverage of them in order to make mm-hmm. their career. Do you mean directly? Now, you could say a football manager needs to promote himself in order to get work and the media play mm-hmm. a role in that. But really, in those days in particular, Alf Ramsey is just like, listen, I just fucking managed Dingham football team. We won the World Cup. That's all you need to know about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. The rest is between yeah. me and the players and maybe mm. the fans. Maybe you've got a responsibility to the fans, but there's different ways you can communicate with them. I think if you're an entertainer, that that was the thing that used that has bothered me in the past is that when they get very arrogant and uh you know, look right, I'll give you an example, mate. Please do. So I've been working at Heat only for about a month or two and it's late in the office. Most people have gone home. Not that late, it's about like six thirty seven, something like that. And my landline calls, the the line on my mm. desk. Um, was that uh, was that a rarity? Was it like yeah, even like your even bat, ba- bat phone, even back then? You're like, what comes calling phone? me on this? But mm. whereas a lot of editors in a position like that would have thought, I'm not getting that. That can go to divert to my assistant. Mm. I'm always like, oh, I wonder who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like that. I can't resist. It's like, oh, someone's calling on the old landline. It's like, it must be of course, of course, it's going to be an annoying slash bad thing. It's not. You, do you know what I mean? But you're like, oh, I wonder who it is. Oh, I think I'll give it a little answer. So I answer the phone, right? And I go, hello. And uh, this voice says, should I say this? Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. He can sue me if he wants. Sam, it's Gok. And I go, ah. And I go, it's Gok. And I go, ooh. And he goes, Gok. Gok. And I'm like, <laughs> Gok one. Don't I'm let like, me say my surname. I know loads of fucking Goks, mate. You better narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking know. I've got about eight what? or nine different mates called Gok. Wall to wall Goks around here, mate. Be more specific. I said, Gok one. He went, yes, Gok one. Really annoying Gok that one. I him say it. Not Gok two or Gok three. I go, oh, hello. And I, first of all, I'd never met him or spoken to him. So I don't know why he was mm. sort of saying gok as if we were pals, right? But he had been in the magazine the week before in a big interview in which there was a lovely photo shoot with him, uh, a sort of a cheesy, sycophantic interview, which I must admit it was pretty much all the fucking celebrity big interviews we did. Um, much to my annoyance, but that was just the culture there. And... Uh, <laughs> And, um, and, but 
he went, I am absolutely furious. And I went, oh, no, <gasps> what about? And I was thinking, I saw that fucking piece. <laughs> oh, All it no. was the fucking journalist had their tongue up his rectum for the whole thing. And we did the fantastic <laughs> photo shoot with him that made him look great and a right laugh. What's he fucking want? You used that picture of me when I was a kid. Now, there was a picture of Gokwan mm. when he was a kid. When he was a kid, he was very tubby, right? Right. Yeah. And in the piece... Gok. In the piece, yeah. I think he'd said in the piece, one of the reasons that I'm, you know, conscious about body image is that I know it's like, because when I was young, I had weight issues. Mm. So a picture library obviously had a picture of him at school, like a school photo. They'd acquired it, who knows fucking how. But that means it's in the public domain. So when you're in a magazine, you, you go, right, we've got the main yeah. picture because we took it ourselves, but he's talked a bit about his childhood and this, that and the other. Let's get some other pictures to paint a picture of him in his life. So they've gone, oh, we've got this picture of him at school. Like, Wait, well, that's relevant because he talks about that. So stick that in. Very small on the second or third page of the of the article. Very, very... Oh, I'm now, I've got to say, can I just say I'm now Googling Fat Gok Wan? Well, he might it'd be interesting to know if it still exists because I could imagine, because I think I might have said to him in the course of the conversation that followed, which I will give you some yeah. highlights, right? It was like, um, I thought to myself, he should. I said to him, I said, listen, how are we to know that you didn't want a photo like this used if it's with a picture library? Mm. Your issue is not with us. It's with the picture library because you know it's in yeah. circulation. There's nothing illegal about what we've done. And if it's if you've allowed it to be with a picture library, i.e. you haven't disputed it with them, then we're left to assume it's, it's fair game. And you yeah. never said anything about this. In fact, you spoke about your weight issues in the piece. But, of course, the biggest fucking thing was that he was shouting at me right about this fucking picture and i was there thinking fuck me this bloke is program as i understand it i've i've never fucking watched his program and then and i haven't since and that's not me being like oh it's probably shit it's probably good it's just not something that is probably aimed at me right but as i understand wheelhouse it, his mm. program was called how to look good naked and his catchphrase i seem to remember was it's all about the confidence yeah so all it's right, like yeah. it doesn't matter cool. where you're fat whether you're fat or thin whether you're muscly mm -hmm. whether you're weedy whether whatever the fuck you are right you've got to have confidence in yourself and sell it yeah great i think yeah. that's lovely right because he was he was campaigning just as much for i guess mental health and our self-esteem as he was for like matters mm. of of our physicality right our physical appearance and yet we have run one tiny picture of him when he was a small child looking a bit podgy. He's rung me up. He's gone fucking ape shit about it. And mm. I didn't say it, but I felt like saying to him halfway through it. But I thought it was all about the confidence, mate. I thought it was all about the confidence. This doesn't matter. Look at you now. And even back then, it didn't matter. You know, you got to love yourself no matter what you look like. Yeah. But I couldn't get a word in. I mean, he was going mental at me. I said, well, I don't know what you want me to do. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the damage is done, mate. It's out there. Everyone can see that yeah. fat cock gock now. Fat cock, I nearly called him. <laughs> and uh, I understood he was upset. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I suppose, I was trying not to judge him because if he's upset, he's upset. But the thing that I didn't understand was, was that he made all sorts of threats. And I thought to myself, but mate, You've, you're promoting a television show. In those days, 
the magazine that I was the boss of, we were fucking knocking out half a million copies a week. Do you know what I mean? That's huge publicity yeah. for his television show. And let me tell you, mm. this article was just one long fucking puff piece for his television show as well, right? Yeah. And he was like, I don't fucking need you. I've done this fucking interview as a... As a um, favour to the magazine and all this and I'm thinking that's not how it works you need you've done this television show no fucker's gonna know about it or watch it unless we tell them about it right could have gone to another magazine with a smaller circulation this is the best way and he's mm-hmm. going and I remember someone an, a mutual associate saying yeah Gok's like that he was saying the other day how he doesn't even need the sun anymore because he's so big he's transcended all of it right <laughs> and I'm thinking if you're, and that, that moment can happen to a lot of celebs. And again, I'm not judging him for it because everyone can have a moment where they lose sight of perhaps their status or they think that, every, you know, everyone's fucking rolling over for them so much that they kind of mm. are fooled into believing that they're more powerful than they are or stable in their position than they are. And so that's a shame for them in a way. But it's one example and there's countless others I'm sure you've experienced them as well people is that they fucking don't re- that some of these people don't realise that without the media giving them the oxygen of publicity mm. right then they can't uh, make a living so you know it's essential to them the reason I'm going for all of this partly is that you, th- you, you look at Alf Ramsey especially back then in the 60s and early yeah. 70s none of this applied to him all he needed no. to do was pick the team, tell them what to fucking do, and then leave the rest to them. There was a, He didn't want celebrity, he didn't need celebrity, and he didn't mm. need to... He wasn't in the business of pursuing extracurricular stuff for which you needed extra publicity yeah. about your own persona. And so I mean, I'm, I'm, it was upsetting for him, understandably. I'm looking at, at, at Gok's uh, CV, and it, a lot of his shows had his name in the title on Channel 4 back in the day. Gox yeah. Fashion Fix. Gok One, Too Fat, Too Young. Gox Clothes Roadshow. Gox Style Secrets. Gox Teens, The Naked Truth. Jesus. Uh, Gox Lunchbox. These are all ITV Channel 4. Now, the last couple of years, the only thing he's done with his name in has been Gok One's Easy Asian on the Food Network. And Gok One's Fabulous Christmas 50 on MTV. Mm. Now... It seems to me Gok might need the sun these days. Mm. He might not be bigger than the sun because the food. Maybe he didn't mean the sun the newspaper. Maybe Gok had gone so crazy that he thought he was bigger and more powerful than the star and energy source. No, as in the sun, the actual sun in the sky. Oh, right, yeah. And when he said he was bigger than Heat, maybe he didn't mean Heat magazine. Maybe he meant. The actual, what would you call it? The orb. The notion of hot, heat. The hot orb. He didn't yeah. need heat or the sun. He was self-powering. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I don't need heat, sun. I don't need water. I am self-powering. I don't He's, shit um, and I don't eat. There is a cyclical kind of uh, recycled energy force inside my body that fuels me. And all of my television shows. Like a car battery. Exactly. If you leave the lights on, it'll go flat. Yeah, so so he's like, all I need to do is make sure that I close my eyes and sit down 
for five hours every evening, and that then I'm fine. I don't need he's heat. Also I don't done, need to fuck the sun. He's also done Say Yes to the Dress Lancashire, two series of that on the TLC channel. Jalapeño. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. I don't want to get into, like, you know, the, the territory of I need to say I had the last laugh, look at him now, because everyone has careers ups and downs. I mean, <clears throat> look, look at me, sacked twice off this morning. Twice, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Two attempts, yeah. Sacked once, Takes allowed back after nine years, sacked immediately again. I, Ironically, so, in his CV, it says this morning presenting various fashion items so he's a, he's a yeah, regular but he on this didn't morning, get sacked like I did so I'm not here to judge Gok yeah. Kwan and go ah, bad luck Gok Kwan you shouldn't have crossed Sam Delaney right I'm saying that A I understand and appreciate the fact that he was upset B I even appreciate the fact that success may have gone to his head because I think that happens to even the nicest of people right I've seen mm. it happen to the nicest most stable people because it's almost not their fault they get surrounded by so much fucking madness and sycophancy that it's yeah. easy for it to happen. So I'm not I mean, blaming we get him for a bit of that. We get, a, we get a bit of that, oh, don't we, now? so much, yeah. yeah. We're aware of it, I think. We, yeah, we keep our feet on the ground most of the time. We keep each other grounded, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, we will lose it and make wild demands of people. But mm. on the whole, we're all right. No, but I mean, I suppose I don't want to be like, ah, look at Gokwan now, he's not doing nothing. Because everyone has ups and downs. It's more like Gokwan was an example of someone who did need to engage with the media, but started to resent it and almost think, <clears throat> and lose sight of the fact that he needed them. Alf Ramsey, mm. not so much. But here's two questions emerging from this. One, yes. different times now. Here's my first question. Is Gareth Southgate in a position where you do feel he needs to court the media and engage with it? Is it is that an obligation of his? Is it essential? Well, it it, it is because it's become an obligation. It's it's in the not England so much, but the Premier League rules, isn't it? That the manager has yeah. to talk to the media afterwards. Mm. So it's if it's not an England obligation, which it probably is. It's at least expected. It's a custom now. Well, they you know make I mean? it his obligation, but should they? Do you think he could function as a successful no. England manager without engagement yeah. with the media? Yeah, you know, but you know, you don't fucking learn anything from these interviews. I think there was, it was, there was, there was some tennis players that said they weren't going to mm. uh, do these interviews because they, they just get a series of platitudes from them, and they don't fucking reveal anything. They were talking about when I was watching the um, the tennis the other night. 
there was a pre-match interview before they went on. No one's going to fucking get anything out of that. Mm. It's just space filler for TV. It space serves filler, no yeah. fucking purpose at all. Yeah, so there's I'm, only I'm, people I'm who are no longer in... doing it who can say anything really interesting. That said, Ooh. Gareth Southgate, because he has a persona that we've become familiar with and most of us have become quite affectionate towards, then that might, from his point of view, buy him some extra sympathy at times. Yeah. I mean, not that he needs to, but, but put it this way. England lost in the final, unluckily, I felt, in the Euros, right? And I don't know, like, he didn't really, he didn't deserve any shit over that. He got a little bit of shit, but generally speaking, people like good old Gareth, what a fantastic journey and adventure we've been on. If he was aloof, perhaps people would have thought, fucking Gareth Southgate, the players got us there and he fucked it up. Also, he did write that good letter telling everyone, asking everyone politely if they could try their best not to be racist. Yeah, <laughs> which was one of the great letters, just, the great letters of our time, I would say. So we could just do that, just maybe a month or so. It was that was good, but again, was it an obligation? Yeah. No, he chose to do that, and he did it well. Okay, here's my second he question: How yeah. do you think Gok Wan would fare as manager of the England men's team? It depends which Gok Wan you're talking about. If you're talking about 2008 Gok Wan, mm-hmm. who was on the phone to you, screaming and shouting, yeah. Um, not not good. I mean, I don't know much about the Got One who now presents C Yes to the Dress Lancashire on TLC channel. Yeah. But I suspect he's a little bit more grounded and um, you know comfortable with his his reduced circumstances. So well, probably he would be a better England manager. I think. Yeah. I think that going back to the Got One from my anecdote, he would have managed then maybe in the style of. Who's the guy and bring your fucking dinner to? John Sitton. I think he would have been a John Sitton type manager. Yeah. Whereas now I see him as potentially like late era, Newcastle era, Sir Bobby Robson. Yeah. Yeah, more respected. Um, I hope so. I hope he's not still that original gok, but having to operate just on TLC channel. Or the food uh, that, that's the worst type of celebrities when you see one who's yeah who's kind of their career has slowed down a bit they're you know maybe comfortable in a sort of you know reasonably well paid consistent bit of lower profile work fine but they're still giving it massive portions like as if yeah. they were at their peak and you see that happening and that can be nightmarish it's embarrassing isn't it mm. Mm. next thing you know they're pulling a knife out of the boot of their car and threatening yeah. to crossbow you. Weaving it around, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get back to our Ramsey, I think. Yeah. Where are we? Um, he trusted a select few journalists like Ken Jones and Brian James because he respected their knowledge of football. But most of the rest of the press were given the cold shoulder. He also had a gift for humiliating reporters with little more than a withering look. <laughs> As Peter Batt, once of the Sun recalls, there was a general utter contempt from him. <laughs> like that. It says, I don't think anyone could make you feel more like a turd under his boot than Ramsey. It is amazing how he did it. You're a turd under my boot. You're worse than a turd. You're a turd on the end of a turd's boot. And believe me, yeah, I've seen turds boot. in boots. <clears throat> get under my boot and lick yourself, you turd. <laughs> you rotten little turd of a man. <laughs> uh, you're just as much of a turd as that other man 
the other colleague of yours who came to me with his impertinent <laughs> questions and inquiries. And Van Wingers. <laughs> I don't remember his... Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, there's a bit more. There was a hostile attitude led to a string of incidents throughout his career. Shortly after England had won the World Cup, Ramsey was standing in the reception of Hendon Hall, the team's hotel in northwest London. A representative of the Press Association came up to him and said, uh, Mr. Ramsey, on behalf of the press, may I thank you for your cooperation throughout the tournament? Alf replied to him, Are you taking the piss? <laughs> <laughs> I'll squash you like a fucking ant. I've just won the World Cup. <laughs> I'm hotter than the sun right now. I'll burn you with my re- my toxic rays. Get under my fucking boot with those other turds. I'm about God, to burn a hole in, in your fucking ozone layer, you turd. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of those is your car? I'm going to set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> gather the gather the gentlemen of the of the television industry. Point your cameras at me. I'm about to set fire to a turd mobile. <laughs> um, another occasion in 67, he was with an FA team in Canada for a tournament at the World Expo Show. As he stood by the bus, which would take his team from Montreal Airport to its hotel, he was accosted by a leading TV correspondent uh, from one of Canada's news channels. The clean-cut broadcaster put his arm around England's manager. <gasps> Fucking hell. And then launched into his spiel. Sir Ramsey, it's just a thrill to have you and the world soccer champions here in Canada. Sir Ramsey. Now, I'm from one of our biggest national stations going out live coast to coast from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And <laughs> Coach Ramsey, you're not going to believe this, but Coach. I'm going to give you seven... I'm going to give you seven whole minutes all to yourself on the show. So if you're ready, Sir Ramsey, I'm going to start the interview now. Mm. Ramsey replies, oh, no, you fucking ain't. (laughs) 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 Superb. Fantastic. You awful man. An American turd. (laughs) The only thing worse than a turd is an American turd. And let me tell you, (laughs) sunshine, that's what you are. I'm actually from Canada, sir. Same thing. Mind Same you, fucking continent. I've never, met a nor- I've never met a North American who isn't a fucking turd. <laughs> <laughs> Make your fucking mind up. That- Coach Ramsey, Sir Ramsey, how about fucking Sir Lord Coach Ramsey? Admiral <laughs> of the Sea. Call me Ronald McFucking Donald if you want. You're still getting a punch in the fucking face. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it's not in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and with that a fuming coach Ramsey climbed onto the bus <laughs> oh now you fucking ain't <laughs> <laughs> superb well done coach Ramsey it, but of course it says here it ultimately led to the creation of a host of enemies in the press well mm. you did and when times grew rough in the 70s Alf was left with few allies to put his case so he dug his own grave, didn't he? Because he yeah, did get I suppose the sack that goes back to what I'm. What I said is that art. Uh, do you need the press if you're in a position like his? Kind of, yeah. I guess that that proves that you do. But as long as you're getting results, doesn't matter. Does it's not that rule, isn't it? It's, it's that it's that golden rule. Always be nice to people on the way up because you never know when you'll come across them again on the way down. Yeah, fucking. So hell. that's a lot of truth in that. Mm. I've always been nice to everybody. Yeah. Well, you'll find out you're and not I'm on the way down the way yet, up. mate. 
I'm still on the way up, you you'll, cunts. You'll find out when you're on your way down, whenever that comes. Yeah, how nice I've been. <laughs> I'm going oh, right shit. for the fucking stars, cunts. I'll never come down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first man to ever never come down, ever. <laughs> I'm going to defy gravity. I am ascending. Indefinitely. <laughs> Indefinite ascension. The name of my memoir. I'm going to morph into a meteorite and I'll keep going and going and going. <laughs> and if other planets get in my way, I'll fucking destroy Blam! them. <laughs> There's, uh, the same was true of his relations with football's administrators, whom he regarded as no more than irritants. To him, they were like journalists, tiresome amateurs who knew nothing about the tough realities of professional football. Those people were his disdainful term for the councillors of the FA. Those people, those cunts, those <laughs> fucking, fucking worms. He despised them so much he would order, deliberately avoid sitting next to them on trips or at matches. While he described the autocratic Professor Harold Thompson, one of the FA's bosses, Professor Harold Thompson, he would describe him as that bloody man Thompson. <laughs> says he's a professor a professor of what I'll tell you what a professor of tags got a whole laboratory full of them I shouldn't wonder <laughs> a professor of fucking cuntitude that's what he is <laughs> give him the fucking Nobel Prize for it he's that good at it <laughs> if they gave out Nobel again. Prizes for being a cunt you'd have three of them <laughs> his fucking garage would be full of them <laughs> <laughs> he'd have so many he'd be fucking have to take out an extra storage unit <laughs> flog them at a car boat here's my Nobel <laughs> cunt prize <laughs> there's my other one and uh-huh. my other one and my other one it's yours for ten bob of them. <laughs> 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 Professor Cunt more like <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I'm Professor of winning the Cunting World Cup <laughs> and there's, there's not many of us you can fit us in a fucking garage no problem. you can fit us in a fucking mini <laughs> the and all the other the ones are fucking foreign so they're not much cop <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they obviously fluked it I'm pr- professor of winning the world cup for England you can put me in a fucking phone box you cunts <laughs> still have plenty of room for my dogs um so yeah where are we at um, and it says then again when results went against Sir Alf the knives came out and the FA were able to extract their revenge <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I'll tell you what I'll tell you what we'll leave it there because the next bit kind of talks about his origins and oh, his childhood his origin story so, so we are going to carry yeah. on for another episode we've yeah, we enjoyed this we'll one give it so a I bit. think we'll it's give fair it another week. we'll give yeah. it another week see what happens right. it was mostly about got one to be fair but, I think uh, there was some good Gogwan stuff, but I felt that it did relate yeah. to the Alf Ramsey story. Do you remember there was that famous historian? I can't remember his name now, but he wrote a uh, a, a, a key historical text, which was about Hitler and Stalin parallel lives. Do you remember that? And it was a book that basically that, no. it was a it was a sort of a biography of both of them, told in tandem in order to draw. Right the uncanny number of similarities between their origin stories, right? Right. And how they were the two biggest, like, killers of the 20th century. I have yeah. long been considering something similar about Gok Kwan and Sir Ralph Ramsey. 
and Sir Ralph Ramsey. And in yeah. many ways, this episode of Top Flight Time Machine is just like dipping a toe in the water. So let's see mm. how the audience reacts because I, I can see that being a big book and perhaps documentary series. I mean, if any of our listeners uh, represent one of the big publishing houses mm. in the UK or anywhere else, get in touch, drop us a line. Yeah, uh, you'll you'll gladly receive that. It, might, it, it could be and like a good. I see it as an academic text, like you know, mm. Oxford University Press would suit it, something like that. Yeah, and and we can take a year off from doing this podcast while you write it. Yeah, I'd be quite happy with that. Just to do research, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, um, that's it from this episode. We'll be back with some more Sir Ralph Ramsey and fuck knows what else. Um, Same time next week. Bye-bye. All the best. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.